Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, January 17th, 2024, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we have the opportunity to hear from Alexis Morris, and Alexis is one of our fantastic pregnancy counselors in the Gulf States region of the United States, so that the panhandle of Florida, as well as lower Alabama. And Alexis does such a great job connecting to women to show them that their life truly is a gift. And we hope that you enjoy this opportunity that Dr. Rick had to sit down with Alexis to learn a little bit more, not only about what she does, but also her story that led her to a place wanting to help others. But before we do hear from Dr. Rick and Alexis, I want to remind you of Worthy, our curriculum that gets the church engaged with caring for vulnerable women going through unexpected, unplanned, unwanted pregnancies. Because we believe in the sanctity of human life. We believe in caring for and showing dignity to women who are facing an unexpected pregnancy. We want them to know their worth in Christ and to hear the hope of the gospel. With this goal, we have developed Worthy, a church mentorship program that connects local churches with women who have experienced unexpected pregnancy. Worthy church partners offer loving support through one-on-one mentoring relationships that are guided by a 10-week biblical study. To find out more information or to get your church engaged, go to lifelinechild.org backslash worthy or see our show notes. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash worthy. All right. Well, Alexis, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Rick. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, we, um, you know, just want to dive right in and, and I think, um, just begin to let folks get to know you a little better and, and more than just kind of hearing your bio. I think maybe the place to start is just, um, maybe for you to share a little bit of your story and about why, why you're passionate about, you know, about this ministry that God has, has given you? My story is one of, a, I would say, a very broken girl. And at 16 years old, I was the average teenager. I was very athletic. I played a lot of sports, every sport you can think of, basketball, soccer, softball, volleyball, flag football, track. And I found myself in a relationship that um, probably wasn't the best relationship for me. And one day where a few days had passed by and I began to just feel my mouth watering. I wasn't feeling like myself. And I said, let me take a pregnancy test. And I ended up uh, taking that pregnancy test and it came out positive. And honestly, I couldn't believe it. That was the last place I saw myself in is being a teenager pregnant. I had watched classmates, other friends walking teenage pregnancy, but it wasn't something I ever felt like I would go through. And it definitely wasn't something I desire. And so at that time, I, I was just overwhelmed. Um, I, I walked through a couple of days. This happened very fast, but there was a couple of days where I just walked through of just what can I do to get rid of this pregnancy? You know, things that I could do and even I even attempted a couple of those things and they weren't successful. And so what I did was I ended up calling the abortion clinic and I scheduled my own appointment. I went in the next day and what I could be six weeks or seven weeks and 
they um, took me to the back. They did an ultrasound and I terminated my pregnancy. Um, you know, this is my first abortion and I get home and I'm thinking, okay, I can go back to playing basketball. I can go back to normal life as it is. And I began to look over the instructions they gave me, you know, things you can and can't do after you've had a procedure done. And one of a few of the things were like, you can't lift heavy things. You, you can't do strenuous activities um, for six weeks. That's a long time. We were in the middle of our training season for the upcoming basketball. And so I knew at that point that I had to make a decision to tell my coach that I couldn't play or work out for six weeks uh, or just quit. And I was filled with so much shame and just embarrassment about it all. I didn't want anyone to know I had walked through that. And so I just quit. Mm. And I don't know if you know a lot about athletes or if you were one, but when you're an athlete, you know, you have a motivation. You know, you have a motivation right. to show up. You're motivated to make good grades, um, do the right thing, make better decisions because coach, you know, coach might find out you got to run. And so mm -hmm. at that point, I had nothing to really motivate me. Mm -hmm. Um my life took a turn at that point. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really care. I was super numb to everything. Uh, and I walked out of that abortion clinic feeling very relieved at the time. I was, I was like, man, I gave them a few hundred dollars and I was able to just walk away. Everything was, my problem was solved, you know? And then here I am faced with, I didn't want my life to change, but now my, my life is actually in the moment is changing. You know, I ended up going to alternative school. Like I ended up getting kicked out of school and, you know, my behavior, it, it should have really landed me behind a prison wall. If I'm being honest, like I just did wow. a lot of um, in the moment, not thinking long-term things. And so, um, a few months later after that first pregnancy, maybe even several weeks later, I ended up getting pregnant again. Wow. Um, and I mean, to me, as soon as I saw the positive pregnancy test, I just, it was a no brainer. That wow. same relief I experienced the last time, I need that again because I don't want the problem or the burden of this. I do not want to be a teenage mom. I had seen close friends walk through being a teenage mom. Their life changed drastically. I, I was not, I just wasn't ready for mine too. So. Wow. Thank you. That, um, that just the transparency that, you know, that you talk about that part of your, of your life and your journey and, um, and just the, the realization, the reality of um, the, the set of decisions and, and the, the way that, you know, that, that played out. And I think, you know, we, we hear a lot when, you know, when, when abortion is talked about in our culture, when it's talked about out there, that, that there is that sense that having an abortion is an instant problem solved and it's an instant relief. And, and I think, you know, your, your story reflects the fact that, um, that that's not really true. <laughs> that there's a there's a whole you know there's a whole series and whole set of um, complications and things that you know that that come along with and um, and and I would I would imagine 
that um, that has that has really shaped your um, your approach to you know what you do and how you how you serve the women that you walk alongside now. Um, I'd I'd love to just kind of maybe dig in a little bit to to say as you know really as you um, as as you grew in a relationship with Christ and and as as Jesus did did things that were that were transformational in your life it's it's obviously put you in a place where you you see the world in a very different way uh, and and see all of you know the things that you've experienced and the things that you walk through in a different way and so i'd i'd love to just for you to kind of unpack that how you know how has the lord changed your perspective and and carried you from you know from where you were um to to where you are now yeah so being 16 and moving into 17 years old in the moment i didn't realize the this was domino effect you know i wasn't able to piece it all together i wasn't mature enough to in the moment i was just thinking life happened to me you know you know this you know this is just the route my life is taking and so as i moved into age about 20 that's when i finally went off to college and actually um ran into this campus ministry life changed and, and it just it was just life changing and the lord just transformed my heart like it it was wow it was nothing but the power of god because everyone that knew me you know this chaotic girl you know and then now it's like you know like let me tell you about jesus he has completely changed my desires and so it was at that time now the new heart transformed mine that I'm understanding the weight of my sin, the brokenness that I walked through. It wasn't until that point that I actually realized, oh, wow, like that was a dark time that I was walking through. And uh, it was when I was in a church service, my pastor's wife stood up and she said, I'm going to share something with you all. I have never shared it. It's been 20 years. And I, when I share it, I want everyone here that's lived the same secret life as me to stand up and you know mm. we want to be free today and she shared that she had terminated her pregnancy wow. 20 years ago and so many women stood up and I was one it wasn't really until that moment that I put it all together again this is early on in my walk with Christ sure. I began sure. to put it all together that man like that was something that the Lord wasn't pleased with. And that is also something that the Lord wants to heal me from. Um, And, and I went through a post-abortive classes after that. She walked us through that. It was, it was good. But again, this was when I really began to understand the depth of my brokenness early on um, my walk with Christ. And honestly, after that, the Lord was so gracious, the shame, the guilt, all that, you know, that wasn't something that I just carried around as it pertains to my abortions. Um, During that service, I felt the heaviness of it. But honestly, once I walked through those classes and, and just the understanding of God's grace and his love, Mm -hmm. I knew that nothing could separate me. You know, I was confident in that. And that's nothing but grace. That's nothing. Yeah. Well, and it's just, you know, you're, you're just, you're testifying to something that is, 
it's just a reality, right? Like it's that, um, that that's, that's what, that's what Jesus does. That's what he, that's what he's accomplished. That's what he's, that's what he purchased on our behalf. And that's what, that's what he gives us is freedom from our sin, um, release, not just from the penalty of our sin, but Christ wipes away our guilt. And, you know, and, and, and I love, I love hearing your story and I've heard it before and, you know, kind of in a different forum and, and like in a, in a video, but, but have an opportunity to be able to talk with you and just, you know, really dig into that. I think I'm, I'm just, I'm very, like, I'm just very aware and very impacted by what, you know, what you said. And, and I think we hear statistics like, um, one in three women in the church have, have walked through an abortion. And, and I think that, um, like, I think we don't know what to do with that a little bit, you know, like it's, and, and the fact that the enemy is, is keeping so many women imprisoned in shame and guilt and in a false, you know, a lie in a false narrative about who they are and about what they are. Um, you know, I think something we have to become better at in the church is, um, is, is dealing with these kinds of things, you know, openly and together. And that's, that's why God gives us the community of the church, right? Like that's, that's what we've been. That's, that's why we've been redeemed to live, you know, in this, in this community. And so I just, you know, it's such a beautiful story and, and praise the Lord that you had a pastor's wife who, you know, who had the courage to, to stand up and to say that, but also not just that she had the courage to do that, but, but also that she had the life and the awareness to be able to say, you know, the Lord has set me free. And, and this is what salvation is. And, and so uh, to see you now <laughs> be able to take that gift that was passed on to you by someone who, you know, had, had walked a similar road. Um, now God's given you this incredible opportunity and this incredible ministry to be able to walk, uh, with women who, you know, who are, who are walking through unexpected pregnancies. And, and I think, you know, maybe one question I would have is, because we do, we, you know, we hear so many stories of, of women that are, um, you know, that are walking through th- these difficult circumstances. And I think one of the things that I hear all the time mm-hmm. as, as we hear women talk about their experiences is that they, that they feel profoundly alone mm-hmm. in, in the midst of all that. And, and so, you know, why do you, why do you think it is that, that there is, you know, this sense of, of isolation and, and loneliness that comes with an unexpected pregnancy. More so than the abortion, the actual getting the procedure in itself, you feel a level and you just feel a heaviness of shame about the pregnancy. This is not something ideal, not something you wanted. Again, you're not married and, and desiring this. And so then it hits you and what have I gotten myself into? You don't feel like the people around you truly understand and you already can sense the judgment that's coming your way. And so I didn't want anyone to know, even though there were a few girls in my circle, my very 
inner circle that were walking through teenage pregnancy. I still didn't even want them to know. You know, it's just there is a level of shame. You feel an embarrassment and you don't think that your neighbor, your friends, your peers, your parent, anybody, you don't you don't think these people are going to get where you're, you know, get where you're at and be able to meet you where you're at. And so you hide, you hide, you run. And, And that's exactly what I did. And it's, a, you know, right, that's the tool of the enemy. I mean, we see it from all the way back in the garden. I mean, what was what did Adam and Eve do, you know, in in that that moment where they sinned? They went they went and hid and, you know, and, and they were and they were afraid and they were ashamed. And, and that's like that's a that's a that's a reaction that we you know, that we have in our humanity. And it's and it's understandable. But but at a time when. Uh, when women need support, <laughs> when, you know, when they need, when they need community, when they need people to be able to lean on and, and people to be able to journey with, um, there is this impulse that is, that's really, you know, kind of internal and, and, and sort of, you know, it, I guess it's, it's part of our, you know, part of our wiring, but also part of our brokenness to say, you know, in, instead of, instead of pressing into community or looking for help, we tend to withdraw out of it and, you know, try to hide. Yeah. I think, so if you, you know, knowing that the ministry that the Lord's giving you now is to walk alongside women that are, that are walking through unexpected pregnancies and to, you know, and, and to counsel them and to love on them and to pray with them and to um, share Jesus with them and to help them find resources and all these things that you get to do. Um, if if you had the opportunity today as Alexis, um, wife, mama of two beautiful girls, all the things that you've experienced, a vibrant walk with the Lord, um, a completely different perspective. If you had a moment just to sit down with your 16 year old self and and you could tell that 16 year old girl something, what would you tell her? I think that I would encourage her with the fact that the redemption of the Lord is very real and very impactful. When I look at my life, then I look at my life now and all the in-between, the Lord has truly redeemed. If you knew me just 15 years ago, the average person just would not believe the place I'm in now. And it's truly because of the work of the Lord. Only he can take a heart that's hardened like mine and make it new. Mm. Uh, I wasn't churched. I didn't grow up, you know, with this churched background. And and so the work of the Lord that was done in my life was was genuine to the point of I, I don't I don't even need you to have been, you know, influenced by your by your family or what you like. I truly can turn a heart to me and, and make you new, you know? Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, what a, what an incredible confession. So Alexis, one of the things I think that, um, maybe folks in churches struggle with a little bit is, um, you know, we understand this, as a reality. We understand that um, abortion is a reality around us. We understand, we understand that it's, you know, it's even, it's even a thing, like we said, that's, that's a part of, 
who we are in the church and a part of the story of a lot of, you know, a lot of women, a lot of men in the church. Um, it's not, this is not something that's just reserved for women. Um, there are a lot of guys that are, you know, that have, have walked through this as well. And, and, but, but I think, I think one of the things, um, because we don't talk about this a lot because we, because there is an, an, uncomfortableness and and maybe a hiddenness to a lot of of this it i think maybe that causes us in the church to not know how to minister to women who are walking through an unexpected pregnancy because because we've so kind of put this in the closet and said you know we're not going to we're not going to acknowledge this we're not going to talk about it mm-hmm. well one of the things that you know, the, that the Lord uses you to do on a regular basis is to build relationships with women that are, you know, that are walking through these circumstances and and to be able to, you know, connect with them and, and walk with them. And, and I think I think there are a lot of people in the church who who would want to do that. I just think they don't know how and they don't know, you know, maybe what to do to take the first step. And so if you were going to coach somebody um, to, you know, to begin that, to that, that process of really being able to connect, what, what would like, how, what would be the things you would say, um, to keep in mind and, and maybe the things to know as, yeah. you know, as, as you seek to minister to, you know, parents that are walking through an unexpected pregnancy? I love that question. And I'll say a couple of things. One, prioritize compassion. Prioritize understanding and validating. You're going to be met with reasons why they are considering something that you in your heart know that you disagree with. And so there's going to be a tug of war of listening to them, but actually knowing where your stance is. You have to allow yourself to listen, to validate the fact that they said, I can't afford this child. I don't want to deal with the father of this child. Um, I don't want to deal with the the ups and downs of an adoption plan. You you have to allow yourself to deal with, you know, to to move past all of your opinions and and your stance and just listen to them. Um, The other thing is understanding that their desire to have an abortion, to terminate their pregnancy, while it is something that we view as not the plan of God for that for that baby. It is also um, the evil of the world, just as any other scene. And so if I'm coming into this coffee day or I'm sitting on the couch with you and you're telling me this, imagine it's someone telling you I'm, I'm struggling with anger with my wife. Mm-hmm. Imagine it, it's someone saying that, you know, I am... Um, Really having a hard time with being patient. All of these things, you know, I um I struggle with the idea that we do place this as something um that is far different than than all the other things. And that's why we get so, you know, clenched about it. If someone walks into your office, Dr. Rick, then they're like, 
you know, I just want you to pray with me about, you know, you, you know, you're going to be encouraging. You're going to be empathetic. I get you. Just yesterday, I got a little snappy with my wife and my, you know, you go into empathy, you move into compassion, you move into the understanding that Christ has for them. You know, we understand God's love when we're talking about impatience and, and, you know, um, anger or, you know, all these other things. But then you get on other topics and, 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 and we freeze. We freeze like we don't understand God's love and how it extends and stretches to those parts as well. And so you can walk in with more compassion and understanding that in the same way that I wrestle and I struggle with what I may be with the little things. This person, she or he, they're wrestling, they're struggling with this thing that is truly a, a, a place of desperation. You feel desperate, you know, mm-hmm. you, you feel desperate, you know, and so. Um, walk in with compassion, understanding that you are broken, they are broken, you were once you were once running, hurting, and mm-hmm. uh, and meet them there, meet them there. And so I, I think it lessens the weight when when I approach it from that that mindset. When I walk into that client meeting, um obviously knowing that I've done it not once but twice, but knowing that I am without Christ, no different than this person. Yeah, I think, you know, I hear the other thing I hear you saying, and, and but just to kind of put a point on it is, is recognizing that that person that you're sitting with is created in the image of God, <laughs> like yeah. they are right. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we, you know, in this discussion, we get we kind of get it a little bit twisted up and we and we recognize that that the child in the circumstance is created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our, but in our zeal to mm-hmm. protect that life, we forget yeah. about, you know, mm-hmm. that, that those parents are created in the image of God as well. And, and that, uh, and, and so to, to identify with, you know, what we believe God's desire is for that person and, and for them to, you know, be redeemed and to walk with Jesus and to know, you know, life in its fullness and all these things that, that, that God has, has done for them, but also just the, the inherent dignity and worth um, of that person. They're not, it's not their decision. It's not their, it's not their, their choice. It's not, it's not whether, it's not whether they're, whether they're doing something that is sinful or not. Right. Like we all I mean, if that were the case, if that were the if that were the way this was all balanced out, we're all hopeless. Um, And so I just I love, you know, as you know, as I understand what like what you do and how you do it, um, just to to be able to be present, to understand, to empathize and um, but but yet to continue to bring those parents back to the gospel and continue to bring them back to their, you know, not only to their need for Christ, but ultimately the the promise of who Jesus is and the promise of, of, of how, you know, how the Lord's going to walk with them. And, you know, and, and I, it's just, you know, what an incredible gift mm-hmm. that, that you deliver, um, to these, you know, mamas and daddies all the time in, in pointing them toward the life giving gospel. Yeah. And, and just 
having confidence that none of them are too far gone. I wasn't too far gone. And that's another thing that I wish I knew at 16 years old, that mm-hmm. your life may be in shambles, but you are not too gone for the for the hand of Christ to reach out to you um, mm-hmm. and turn your life completely upside down. So in a good way. Uh, Alexis, as we finish up, I, I just maybe one one more thing. Um, as as folks think about um, the the ministry that you're that you're doing day in and day out in in ministry to parents and unplanned pregnancies, how can we pray for you? I think that doing this work while while I enjoy it, it is um, sometimes can be sometimes can be complicated in the fact that. I understand where they are so much um, that it's challenging for me to be completely truthful about where I stand. You know, I, I, it, it's easy to feel hypocritical when, when you know you've, you've not done it once, but twice. And, you know, um, oh, I'm here to, encourage them and walk with them no matter what they choose. And it could just, it, it could be, it's, I'll put it like this, pray for me that I can continue to walk in godliness and truthfulness with these moms mm. um, because it can often be a tug of war when you know you've been in their shoes. Mm. Um, but you also are now on the side of truth and understand that that life in their womb is valuable. Alexis, let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Um, God, thank you so much. Lord, thank you for the way that you have molded and shaped and created Alexis. God, thank you for the story that she tells, that she's able to tell, that when she was running headlong away from you, um, that, Lord, you... You pursued her and you redeemed her. And that, Lord, you redeemed all of her. <laughs> every decision, every, every choice, everything that was, that was not according to, to your heart and your plan. God, you, you wiped it all away through the work of Jesus. And that, God, you're living and active and by your spirit that you're working through her. Lord, I pray for her that, Lord, she will she will have wisdom, that she will have insight, that, God, she will see truth, and that, God, you'll, you'll continue to encourage her and, and, and help her to be an agent of truth. God, I pray that you won't allow the enemy to have a foothold in her or in any relationship that she has as a result of, of, of anything. Um, but Lord, we know that while the enemy tempts us to despair, while the enemy, um, whispers lies and sometimes screams at us, God, that we know you're a God of truth. And so, so Lord, I pray that you will, you will make your truth evident. And Lord, I pray that you'll encourage her heart. Um, as, as she walks in and, and pursues that truth, because 
Because God, ultimately, um, what we want is we want to know you. We want to know you more fully. We want to be conformed in your image. And God, we just want to be close to your side. And so, Lord, I thank you for Alexis. God, I thank you for the encouragement that she is to us. God, I thank you for um, for the way that you have have blessed her with such a beautiful ability to be able to testify um, to who you are and to what you've done. And so, Lord, I pray uh, that you will, um, God, that you will protect her, protect her family, uh, protect her marriage. God, that you will, you will bind all of that together and that, Lord, you will, you will grow those two little girls up strong as women who know you and who love you and, and God, who, who are, um, who are dedicated uh, to pursuing you with their whole life. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alexis, thank you so much. Thanks, Pastor Rick. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll do this again. We'll, we'll like, there's more to tell and there's more to talk about and all that. But thank you for taking some time today. And, and, uh, and I just want to say, if you're out there listening, uh, that, um, Alexis is representative of a lot of a lot of ladies that we have that are part of this ministry that are day in and day out. Um, God's using to walk in the lives of uh, of moms and dads that are they're walking through unexpected pregnancies. And and the thing most of all that they're doing is they're shining the light of the gospel into the lives of those people. And so I would ask you to pray for them. Um, if you have opportunity to encourage them, um, you know, we, uh, it is a, it is a hard thing that they do, but it is, it is an amazing, amazing ministry. And we are so thankful for each one of them. And, and, uh, but Alexis is, is really representative of, uh, of an army of folks that we have that are, you know, that are, they're engaged in this part of, um, the, the thing that we've been called to do in caring for, uh, you know, vulnerable people and, uh, and vulnerable children. And so we're thankful that you joined us. Um, we'll be right back here again next week on the Defender podcast. Uh, we'll look forward to you joining us, uh, here then. And until that time, I'm Rick Morton and, uh, we just pray that you'll continue to, uh, to press in and, and do, uh, what it is that God's called you to do in taking the gospel to your neighbors and to folks around the world. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.